Good morning. I am Cindy Vaughn. I love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the Word Studios. That is 99.3 and 98.5. Information with inspiration streaming live at klgo.net and reminding you that you can catch up with Evelyn Davidson and I on lovetalknetwork.com. And in the studio with me, of course, is First Lady of Love, Miss Evelyn Davidson. Good morning, Miss Davidson. Well, hello, Miss Vaughn. Aren't we formal today? Yes, we are. I have on my white gloves and my florally well, gowns. I've got my little uh, tan hat this morning. It is pretty dreary outside, and we've got the blinds closed, so we're not looking out at the rain today, but it is a beautiful day in the neighborhood, Cindy. We need this Okay, rain. Mrs. Rogers. Yes. We need this rain. We do. I was so surprised. I was watching the weather coming, uh, I guess, as we were building towards this little front that had come Uh in that was going to dump so much rain. And I didn't realize that we were still 19 inches behind. You know, Uh we've had had some nice rains from January uh, up to this point. But still, a 19-inch deficit is quite a deficit. Well, it is, and we need all we can get. Well, a real strange thing, uh, you know, Van has, uh, is recuperating from his knee surgery. And to all of you who've called and sent emails and cards, I just want to say thank you today. He's He is uh, on the cane now. He's off the walker except at nighttime. But uh, our friends Janet and uh, Jimmy Gregory came um, one night this week. Well, it was, I guess, Friday night. And... Um, they were just freezing to death when they came in, and we said, "What is going on?" You know, we were so clustered inside, we didn't we didn't notice that the change. And so Jimmy had to give us this account of how the weather changed from Fort Worth to Austin. And so then the next morning early, I was working on the computer, and I looked out, and I thought it was snowing, but what? And it was raining. And what it, and the wind was blowing. What it was was the blooms being pl- uh, blown off of the pear trees. But it looked like snow, and I thought, this is a strange world we live in, Cindy. Well, as you were saying earlier, well, that's how life lives. Yeah, life lives this way. That's the Davison family motto. This it is, is how it life is. lives. Well, tell me what you've been up to this week. Well, just uh, a lot of preparation for the things that are coming up. Oh, holy uh, smokes, isn't that the truth? Uh, the, the, the immediate thing this month in the March, end of March is the uh, Austin uh, Attic Film Festival, and that is going to be uh, here in town. I got an email from a friend of mine about that. He said she went last year and that she and her husband basically spent two days watching 12 films, had their popcorn in their hand the whole time. She said her only disappointment were not in the films, but that fewer there were too few people there Well, we're to trying to help it. them this yeah. year. There, we have uh, an article in the Good News Journal, and I say that, just go to. In fact, we're changing from HEBs back to Walmarts uh, with the Good News Journal. So go Go ahead and pick up a good news journal at any of the wall, any of the HEVs, and see about some of the good things that are happening. Because a lot of really good things are happening. Of course, you and I are wow. fully in full mode, getting ready for National Deaf Prayer. I have just pounded that keyboard until literally the ink has rubbed off on my letters. <laughs> I keep telling Jimison, you know, you don't mind house too. <laughs> my, I need a new one. My computer is still working, Jim, but I got to figure out what the keys are because I have pounded the ink off of them. So yes, we are. You know, well, we're we'll like, have to give you a, a new keyboard for. St. Patrick's Day or something. Oh, gosh. You hear me out there, Jim? (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, Cindy, there are a lot of things, and we really know, want to nail some of those this morning Let's as do. we Let's uh, do our that. introduction today. And, of course, uh, we are working toward that big event that you and I are so deeply involved in, and that is calling. My job is to call this Austin area, capital area, to prayer and to plan and help coordinate some what of those What does that mean, the Austin area, Evelyn? Well, it's... It, my area runs from Georgetown around to Leander, back around to uh, Hutto. Hutto mm-hmm. I have, we have a coordinator in Hutto. Uh, back around uh, to Georgetown. And basically a lot of the activities that I'm involved in, uh, except for the new ones that are, we're trying to begin, uh, is with the Governor's Prayer Breakfast, the Texas mm-hmm. State Prayer mm-hmm. Breakfast. And... Um, uh, some of the other events that are happening. Camp Mabry. Oh, Camp Mabry. And, we are so Yeah, let's excited. talk about that. And the Capitol, we want to talk mm-hmm. about that a little bit as well. Well, the uh, we have a young man named Nick Vucis who's coming. And I was talking to Juan about him this morning. Whenever I get a little bit discouraged when my, my legs don't move as fast as I'd like for them to, I, I think about Nick. I, Van and I met Nick uh, in Utah at... Uh, the governor of Utah was there. It was a, it was a, a board meeting for a board that my husband, that Van serves on, and uh, Nick was the speaker. And because I didn't have anything to do, normally it's the other way around. You know, Van's one standing around. Well, um, Nick and I visited, and he is a young man that does, that was born just with a trunk, basically is what he has. He has no feet, no legs, no thighs. He has no hands and no arms. He doesn't even have stubs. And so he is a young man that has a ministry called Life Without Limbs, but uh, Life Without Limits as well. And so we're, he said to me, Evelyn, he asked me where we were from, and we talked and visited. And he said, I would love to come to Austin. And I said, well, Dick, what would it take to get you to Austin? He said, an invitation. Now, Mm -hmm. Nick travels all over the world, and we would ask you today to pull up Life Without Limbs and look at some of his videos. Mm -hmm. But the exciting thing, Cindy, is he got married on Valentine's Day. Yeah, I'm sitting here looking at the picture. She She is is a beautiful woman. She is quite the babe. Way to go, Nick. Yes. He's a good-looking guy, too. Well, he is precious. He has the biggest heart, Mm -hmm. and he is the greatest encourager I think I have ever met in my life. And he's had some hard times because he, you know, when you're anything different when you're a, a, a teenager in middle school, any characteristic or any um, disability that you have different is just a point for other children to gourd you and, and you know, just make fun of you. And, yeah, and, and his even message if, is really to those who feel like they're, isolated Absolutely. or alone or different or excluded. And mm-hmm. so uh, we'll have him, uh, you'll have him visiting in several of the school districts. Won't well, you? we put out the word early on for schools that would like to have him free. His fee basically is $14,000 because he has to have caregivers. Mm-hmm. He has three full-time caregivers. And, but he, that's, you know, he, we, he's coming for an honorarium for us. But he said he would come if he could go to some of the schools. And so he's going to be at Pflugerville High School on um, uh, Tuesday the Tuesday, 1st. Yes, I was trying to think what date. Tuesday, May the 1st. 
And the superintendent out there has said they'll have a thousand young people in the assembly. Mm. Uh, he also is going to go to Copeland schools. He wanted to go to a little rural country mm-hmm, school, mm-hmm. and that's our friend Gary Chandler, who's superintendent over there. And they don't have; they only have grade school and middle school. Uh, they do not have high schools in Copeland, so that's going to be a whole different mm. thing. And then he will be at Hyde Park at the quarries, yep. mm-hmm. and they're bringing all of their campus together. Uh, for him that afternoon. And so that Tuesday, he's going to be doing schools, talking to kids about what it means to be different, mm-hmm. but what it means to be truly made and designed by God mm-hmm. for a purpose. And so we've got lots of things going on. We would ask you to go to the website. It's uh, NDP, National Daily Prayer, uh, Austin.org, org. or can go to your website. Well, TexasNDP.org, mm-hmm. but I really, for for Nick, it would be, you need to go to NDP Austin, okay. and um, which reminds me, I do need to get this up on the Texas website, and uh, I, I, it's going to be exciting. Of course, we have the, the Capitol event at noon yeah. on uh, May, Thursday, May 3rd, which is the actual day of observance. Now, we spread that out throughout the week because we found that we were just yeah. not able as human beings <laughs> <laughs> to do it all in one day. Uh, surprise, surprise. And um, we're still working on some things with regard to women's lunch. Yeah, ladies' lunch. And, uh, but, of course, Taco Bell and many other businesses will be observing it at mm-hmm. noon. And uh, we'll have events out at Georgetown, Round Rock, Leander, Cedar Park, and Liberty Hill. And yeah. I'm getting and registrations mm-hmm. every day. And um, One of the, the things state, that we are really excited about is uh, taking – uh, making it possible for Nick to go to Camp Mabry. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are going to, we're not going to have a luncheon this time. They're going to have it at the noon time, at the noon hour. But we're going to be in one of the big auditoriums. And uh, they are really excited about it. The chap, We really need to pray for the chaplains at Camp Mabry and Fort Hood, Cindy. Mm-hmm. Those chaplains are just beat to a nub. They are just really uh, needing prayer support, and, and that's one of the things that we'll be talking about. But other than that, you know, things are just um, uh, moving along, and uh, we just think there's lots of opportunities for pastors in this city to call their churches to prayer, open their churches, uh, just do major events, at, you know, on Wednesday night or whatever, or either on Thursday, and we can help them with that, Cindy. We sure can. Anybody who wants to uh, contact us can, of course, as Evelyn said, you can you can uh, reach us through the websites, that's NDP Austin or Texas NDP, both of those, .org. Or you can contact us directly at lovetalknetwork.com. Or you can catch us on our Facebook pages, and we would love to uh, work with you. And I'm working right now with several people out in Lubbock and mm-hmm. uh, out in the San Angelo and Abilene area. We're having a, a, a better showing this year out in West Texas. I'm, I'm pleased to well, hear that. Well, you certainly have worked hard at that, Cindy. <laughs> in the conference that we had here, the Texas Gathering at the Capitol, I wanted to congratulate you. It was absolutely one of the most powerful. Well, you should pat yourself on well, the back. All I did is carry the bread. <laughs> Not but, true. Well, we all believe that. <laughs> uh, uh, well, we've had I've had a lot of comments about mm-hmm. uh, about how it all came together, mm-hmm. uh, 
the the ones that were on staff to help us put it together. Mm-hmm. So it, it, is it is exciting. Beautiful but as we um, as we move forward, you know, that's going to be our goal. The next two well, months is is getting ready. That's right, and Evelyn. Speaking of getting ready, you know, preparation is a big part of life. And when we get ready, sometimes we can let the external details of our life trip us up. And so we're going to be talking today, as we continue in our series about Jesus, the perfect one, we're going to be talking about preparation and preparation being an inside job. This is Love Talk on the Word. Good morning, I am Cindy Vaughn. I love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the Word Studios. That is 99.3 and 98.5. Information with inspiration reminding you that we're streaming live at klgo.net, and you can also catch up with Evelyn and I at lovetalknetwork.com. You know, on every break, Evelyn, it looks different in here. We've been doing this now for 17 years, and every break looks different. So we were, we were consulting our Bibles, which is a good thing. <laughs> During break, so I had goofed up trying today. to get our ducks in a row. But Ellen, we are going to be talking about in this series that we're doing the perfect one. Mm-hmm. And we have done it. We were out of the studio for a couple of weeks, and so we did a little review last week. But this week we're going to we're going to we're going to trudge on ahead because we've got some important stuff we want to talk about as we're coming up in the Easter and talking about timing and talking about the perfect mind of Christ. But we we had some stuff to finish up where we were talking particularly about um, the word sin. Yeah, <laughs> I was having a hard time spitting that out on a well, Saturday you know, morning. It's we always talk about Groucho Marx and you know the duck <laughs> that brings that one word down. And uh, but when you talk about perfection, Cindy, uh, it, when we talk about it, it does not mean that we ourselves are perfect, and that's sort of the thesis that we're working off of, that Jesus Christ is the perfect one. But he gave us that challenge, be ye therefore, you know, with all of these other things he said, be ye there perfect as my Father. He didn't say as I am perfect. He said as my Father in heaven is perfect. And he was talking about a heart, a, a connection, a presence. And so when we think about a perfect heart, it means that we are perfectly connected with him. And there are always those things that break our connections it, uh, in life. We just get we get disappointed or we get depressed or, or we get discouraged or we are we abused. We get distracted. Yeah. Oh, yes. And, we, and, and we've, this other big word that we use a lot is entitlement. You know, we think, well, because we are Christians, we are entitled to everything that we want or maybe everything we need. And, you know, growth normally for a Christian does not come when we are really in the, in the, no. the mountain oh. of blessing. Mm-hmm. It comes when we come back down in the valley. And 
we experience that a lot when we go away to retreats. And, you know, we have such a wonderful time. That was true of the gathering that we had at State Capitol. It was a mountaintop, wasn't it, it? Absolutely. And then, you know, the next day you're just exhausted. The adrenaline goes down. And what happens? Sin opens the door again. And so when, as we talk about sin, uh, we also have to talk about sins, plural. And um, there is just one thing that separates us eternally from God, and that is the sin of unbelief. And we're going to pursue that some today. But uh, I was reading this week about a little boy named little Johnny that uh, was in church with his mom and dad, and Pastor Dean uh, had been talking about the Hebrew children. And he was talking about Moses and the faith that Moses had to lead them out of the abuse that they were in, out of that place that they just could not get out of by themselves. And God worked miracle after miracle to deliver his children. And so uh, 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 Paul was talking about Moses and, and talking about the Hebrew children. They were bad. He said they were bad. They had gotten so separated from the true um, presence of God that they just uh, were disappointed. And they had this sin of entitlement we were talking about. So anyway, as the pastor was talking about that, he said, in, in the, the passage comes as we looked it up to be sure I was mm-hmm. right, Second Corinthians three sixteen and 18. And in, in the... Um, uh, the message, it says that, um, uh, uh, but when they turn to face God, as Moses did, God removes this veil, and there they are face to face. Well, that's what the pastor was preaching on. But he kept saying, when? Uh, when? And um, little Johnny didn't understand that. And so when they went home, he asked his daddy, he said, Daddy? What is, what is wind but wind? Because the pastor would say, but when the Hebrew children did this. And so the Lord asked me, Daddy, what is but wind? And so, the, of course, that, you know, from a child is when children begin to use logic. And he did not connect. He was talking about a preposition here. And so the father uh, explained to him, the pastor was saying wind, like, you know, the breeze that blows. And, and sometimes that's the way we are about sin. Cindy, we misunderstand what it is. We hear something, uh, especially unbelievers, they'll hear something that doesn't meet the context of what their mind is, what their understanding is. And so, like any child, you know, he heard that one little phrase, and he hung on it. But what Paul is teaching here, and I want us to read that as we start today to talk about sin, is that these are really powerful verses uh, because it says that when they, the Hebrew children, turn to face God as Moses did, God removes the veil and they are face to face. He's saying when you do that, you know, you get the same view of God that Moses got. And it goes on to say that the veil was something that was covering, not covering God, but it was the veil of their sin. They could not see their own sin, Cindy. The veil of sin comes when we think that we are perfect. The veil of sin is strong when we see that in other people's lives 
and we judge them. And so the scripture itself says the Hebrews suddenly recognize that God is a living personal presence, not a piece of chiseled stone. Because see, they came out of that color in uh, that uh, culture in Egypt where every rock was a stone. I mean, every rock was a god. And even Paul met that at Mars Hill when he went into Rome. And Mars Hill had a rock to the unknown god. They had a rock for all the gods. But they thought, maybe we're missing one of the gods. And so they had a rock for the unknown god. And so when it says when God is personally present, a living spirit, that old constricting legislation is, res- is recognized as obs- obsolete. We are free of it all, all of us, nothing between us and God, and our face are shining with the brightness of his face. So, this is the part, Cindy, that we want to talk about today. So, we are transfigured much like Jesus, the Messiah. Our lives gradually become brighter and more beautiful as God enters lives and we become like Jesus. Now, that's, that is a picture of what we would see as perfection in the Christian life. It's when we become more and more like Jesus. And that's what we want to talk about today, Cindy. Well, that's a good word picture because, in fact, you're right. Oftentimes, people don't want to talk about sin. And there are several reasons for that. We just are oblivious to our own, so easy to see someone else's. But then when we talk about sin, we often have that sense of condemnation that comes with the law rather than the understanding of who God is, Uh who the Messiah was, who came to rent that veil. The one thing that separates us between God, as you said so truthfully there, is sin. The thing that he cannot look upon. The thing that reconciles us to God the Father is is Christ Jesus, the intermediary for us, who came and paid and bought the bought and paid for us with a price that we could not afford on our own. Absolutely. And so, therefore, talking about sin is not something that we need to be afraid of unless you're walking in an old mindset Mm -hmm. that says that somehow the perfection that I'm going to attain to is going to be done out of my own strength, done out of my own understanding, done out of my own will, unless we understand that sin is cast from us by the work of Christ Jesus at Calvary, unless we understand that doctrine of perfection that you and I talked about. And boy, has this been the thing that has tripped up Christianity from the beginning. It is. Because the same thing that was going on with the Pharisees and the children of Israel, when the Pharisees wouldn't allow people to come in when then they did need to purchase, by blood sacrifice mm-hmm. and make atonement before the Messiah, the Pharisees who put all these add-ons yeah. in order for people to get to God, well, the, that has been the propensity of man from the beginning is to add on to the truth of who God is. Mm-hmm. We're either putting limits on God or we're adding on restrictions mm-hmm. all the time to God. And the truth of the matter is, is this doctrine of perfection is very simple. It says that heaven requires that there be perfection. 
And, and so, what is that perfection, Cindy? It's Christ. I know. Isn't that exciting? Christ Jesus. Not me. Yeah. And <laughs> not you. That's it's not Kix. Uh, it's not KLCO. Uh, go back 15 years to the old days. Uh, but it is Christ. It is Christ. Now, it is true that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And, and frankly, that is the good news. It is, Cindy. Because it is not, it is, it is that we are to work towards being redeemed and restored and perfected through the Spirit of God, through Christ Jesus who lives in us. But what was so precious about what you were saying to there is that no longer are we bound by that veil mm-hmm. where we, where we can't, can't see our own, our, we can't, can't see, see our God. Sin. That's right. Mm-hmm. Because of our sins, because Christ continually comes. To rip that veil away, to reveal to our own hearts and through our own spirits those things which hinder us from God. And so here we are at this particular moment talking about perfection, and we continue to want to lay the groundwork of that because it's so important because for centuries, for centuries, this has been the debate around the church, the old church and the new church, the old law and the law of love. This is Love Talk on the Word. Good morning, I am Cindy Vaughn. I love talking in the beautiful KLGO, the Word Studios, 99.3 and 98.5. Information with inspiration, reminding you that we are streaming live at klgo.net, and you can catch up with Evelyn and I on lovetalknetwork.com. As we went out on our break, Evelyn, we were talking again about this, this three-letter word that is so hard for us to utter because on the one hand, it's an absolute requirement as a Christian to, uh, in order to believe in Christ, we, we have to confess that we're not mm-hmm. God right. <laughs> and, you know, recognize him and acknowledge him. And what are we really acknowledging him for? He was just some really good guy, some historic figure. No, we're acknowledging him as the Christ, the Messiah, who came to reconcile us to God once and for all by paying our debt at Calvary. And uh, there's a, and we talked about this this doctrine of, of perfection, which has run through the church and run rampant through the church in some some very odd legalistic ways mm-hmm. that were left over from the Old Testament and mm-hmm. and continued to to be a theme of confusion that runs through the mind of Christians. And some of that may just be and unbelievers, Cindy. That's right. If, Sin is just, you know, why why are you talking to me about sin? You know, I'm I just get out of my way, you intolerant people. And then on the other hand, you have Christians who still themselves are are laboring that and and under a Jewish mindset that says if I just work out of my 
own self and my own strength, I'll eventually be right before God. But here's here's there are two verses in first uh, in First Timothy and in Acts that are important to this conversation, because once again we're laying this foundation of who Christ is, the perfect one. And this is the release and the freedom that you and I get, Evelyn, mm-hmm. not to be per, not to be perfect, but to be perfected. And we're going to talk about that in just a minute. But here are these verses, and it says this: "All have sinned and come short of the glory of God." Now, here's where it gets important: Some men's sins are open beforehand, going before to judgment, and some men they follow after. And here's what it says in Acts. If not, however, they will follow after you and condemn you in judgment. Because here's what Christ prays in John 17 and 17. Jesus prayed that his followers might be sanctified and made perfect, just thus sending their sins on before them to judgment. When one is in Christ as Christ was in God, one is indeed without sin and is perfect with his sins gone on to judgment. So we have a choice here, Evelyn. Either our sins go before us to heaven through Christ Jesus, our intermediary, Mm -hmm. and therefore our sins are no longer seen by God the Father, or without that, we hide them, we keep them, and trust me, they follow after you. The Word okay. of God says this, they'll, they will follow after you in both First Timothy and in Acts. That if you aren't, if they aren't dealt with through Christ, through the mm-hmm. abiding nature of Christ, if we don't receive him as our Savior, mm-hmm. don't recognize that all sins are forgiven through Christ, that our sins are blotted out before God through Christ, through the covenant of election, chosen by Christ for mm-hmm. redemption, then if not those things, then because heaven cannot sustain or abide sin at all, it's, right. it is the perfect place. We've, we're talking about the perfect one. Well, believe me, there is a perfect place. That if our sins are not dealt with through Christ Jesus, who's come to, to uh, purchase us, and redeem us for those sins where that veil is torn, where we can come face to face with God, as you talked about in the first segment, then they do what? They, then, If not that, then they come after you. Mm-hmm. And there's no place for you to stand there in heaven and defend your sins. There, there's nothing it says in Scripture anywhere mm-hmm. that you and I... You don't take any satchels to heaven. <laughs> And my mother used to say, uh, what do they call those? Shrouds don't have pockets. That's what my mom used to say. <laughs> you can't take your money with you, in other words. But, Sydney, you are so right. And Jesus said, he gave us the key for being perfect. The Scriptures tells us that grace, great is our sin, but greater is the grace. Grace abounds. Grace is greater than all our sins. Well, we're saved by grace. Right. Through faith. You have to believe that Jesus is the answer. His shed blood is the answer, as that lamb was for the Hebrew children. But the thing that we don't understand is once that happens, what happens to us? Once we come to faith in Christ, mm. we have we have an old sin nature because the Scriptures 
John teaches very plainly, the sin never leaves you. And if you say you're without sin, you are sinning, sister. <laughs> he says you're lying. Yeah. <laughs> and that's sinning. Uh, so we never leave it. The sin that separates us from God is the sin that Jesus came and paid, his pri- paid the price of love for. Mm. Now, our sins that we commit every day, the the John 3.16 says that we are saved by grace. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, son that whoever believed in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And what is everlasting life? That is the perfection of what God does in my life, in your life, that comes as a result of the life we live. Well, let's talk about that for a minute because I threw out there this fancy theological term, the doctrine of perfection, which actually, whether you've heard of it or not, you've experienced it to some degree because it's the thing that is wrestled with in the church all the time. I'll, I'll, I'll... you know, I'll, I'll get this taken care of. I'm going to get this right in my life. You know, even Paul talks about it. The things that I that I hate and I don't want to do, right. I do. And the things that I know I should do, I don't do. I mean, even he's talking about sin, and even he's wrestling with this issue of you know how do we do, how do we get sin dealt with in our life? But what you're talking about here is another one of those terminologies that we need to break down and make real and practical for everyday life. But it's called sanctification. Mm-hmm. What does the scripture says about that? Well, you you talked about it earlier in Matthew five thirty eight and forty eight. It says, in a word, what I'm saying is, grow, grow up, up, Cindy. <laughs> grow up, Evelyn. <laughs> your kingdom subjects now live like it. Live out your God created identity. Live generously and graciously toward others, the way God lives towards yeah. you. Not the way God lived. But the way. presence, Cindy. Mm-hmm. He is a presence. This is a perfect picture of that word sanctification that you and I hear all the time in Bible study, the process of being restored, the process of being purified, the process of becoming perfected. But that is not about you and I getting it perfect. And that is not about us living out of our own strengths. It is that we recognize that our life has substance here. It is that we recognize that we have to grow up and throw off those old sin habits and that old nature. But it is more than that. It is that we recognize that we belong to the king. We set aside our own life, our own understanding that Christ will come to abide in us. And through his abiding grace, through the spirit of God abiding in us, then that is what makes us sanctified, holy, purified, and righteous. It, you're right, Cindy. We are never perfect. We're always going to have sin. Uh, but as we live closer and more intimately in the plan of love of the Lord Jesus, and he said it, I give unto you a new commandment, that you love the Lord God with all your heart, all your soul, all your life. And then that second one is that you love others as you love yourself. This week, Cindy, I had a phone call from a man that um, uh, that I, Van and I knew 40 years ago. Um, Van was uh, vice president of the Texas Association of Marketing Professionals. Now, that's a big term. But he... Uh, <clears throat> 
this gentleman was in this organization. And he called me about three weeks ago because he'd had heart surgery. <clears throat> and we, we were talking, and then his doctor was on the line. He had to get off the phone. So he called me back this week, and I talked to him 40 minutes. Cindy. And what he told me he was doing, he just had surgery again, is he's calling people in his life that he can get hold of that have had an impact on his life. And he made some statements to be to me about me and to me that absolutely shocked me. He told me he said, "You know, of all the people I've known, and I'm paraphrasing this in my life, he said, Evelyn, you have had the greatest impact." He said, "What you do is so awesome because he's followed us through the years, and we've not known where he was or anything. My van has, I'm sure." And so I, I listened, and I talked to him, and I heard his story, and I heard his heartache. And, and so finally, he made some statement. I said, you know, Van needs to hear this. And so I asked if he'd hold on, and so I went in and told Van, who was on the phone. You know, when we got off the phone, Van and I had an hour conversation. Van said, you know, I never in my life knew that guy was watching us. I didn't know he was watching us. I said, well, that's why we always have to be kind. We always have to be helpful. We have to fulfill that commandment. Love others as you love yourself. And, Cindy, that's what sanctification is, not that we're saints. However, you know, if we were in a room and the pastor said, I want all you saints to stand up, you'd be the first one to stand up, Cindy, because you are a saint. You are sanctified by the blood sacrifice of Jesus Christ. But that sanctification is different from that perfect perfection that we're talking about in Jesus. He made it possible for us to be like him because he is so much like us. He came in flesh to become who we are that we might know who he is and who God is. And that is an exciting adventure for life. It is an exciting adventure. Perfect in heart mind, will, and emotions. We're in that verse that says we're to live up to the King, live out our identity in Christ, live generously, live graciously, live the way, the way God lives towards us. This is Love Talk on the Word. Good morning, I am Cindy Vaughn. I love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the Word Studios, that is 99.3 and 98.5. Information with inspiration, reminding you that we are streaming live at klgo.net. You can also catch up with Evelyn and I at lovetalknetwork.com. Evelyn, as we went out on break, we were talking in the simplest terms that we can. So that Very you- simple. <laughs> You know, Cindy, I want to say something uh, before you make this introduction. One of the things uh, that really made an impact in my life when I couldn't put all this together was Francis Schaeffer wrote a book called True Spirituality. And I'll say it now because I'm afraid I'll forget it later. You know, my mind is just, oh, whoop, whoop. Uh, 
He, a little, it's a little um, pamphlet, booklet, True Spirituality. He took these scriptures that we've been talking about today and explained what perfection is, what sanctification is. Because it was during a time when the Beatles were going to India and coming back. Oh, yeah. You remember all that? Yeah. And people were getting spiritual. You know, at the top was spiritual. The word of the day with the duck was spirituality. And he wrote this little book. Now, I'm sure it's still available probably if you go to, uh, he, um, if you go to one of the websites. But it is a masterpiece in explaining what we're talking about today. So I'm sorry I interrupted you. you well, no, no. We're, you know, I think that's good because it's, as you had mentioned it on break, and I thought, oh, I haven't read that. I'm gonna, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll go get that and, uh, and read that. But in our closing segment, you know, the, what is the value of talking about perfection and what is the value and meaning of talking about sanctification? And there's a couple of things that come to my mind that that really apply to each one of us, no matter where we are in our walk. And keep in mind that in, in comparison to God, we're all children. <laughs> We're pitiful. That's right. <laughs> you know, and we don't boast ourselves, but we boast in Christ Jesus mm-hmm. and, and the work that he's completed on our behalf. And so one of the things that you and I have seen, as we've, as we've seen a lot, mm-hmm. girlfriend, you know, is we either see people who won't come to Jesus because they don't, they don't, feel worthy. They've got to get it right before they come to Jesus. You've got other personalities. They won't come to Jesus because they're not willing to give up where they're at and what they think that means. You know, they're, they're not sure. They still have some kind of picture of Jesus, you know, poor guy hanging on a cross and why can't he get himself off of there? And then we have others who have given their life to Jesus but are still in a in a strong religious mindset of you know if I just do it this way I'll finally get it right if I just do it on my own one more time the ultimate definition of insanity keep doing the same thing with what again and again with a different intent but the reason for us to talk about sin and to break it down in everyday terms is because it's something that every day we have to deal with all of us and none of us escape that fact but if people don't know and don't get the words that the little boy heard in the story of but when (laughs) but when but when, you know, knowing that the children of Israel refused God's grace and refused God's goodness, even though God was with them continually, even that didn't work for them. They were still rebellious. Well, we talk about it in these terms so that we understand that we all have something in common. Christianity is not a is not some kind of country club mentality. Mm-hmm. It isn't some kind of ideology that says, hey, I'm better than the next guy out here. No, it really just means, hey, we're all in this together. And there's one way out. If you were caught in a flaming building, you know, you have the choice of either listening to the one person who's standing at the door and says, this, this is the way. This is the way, or we all scatter and go our own ways to our own detriment and eventually our own death. And so this is why we talk about perfection, because we want to give hope to hearts 
who know they're not perfect and never will be perfect. Well, that is so true, Cindy. And there's another whole category here that, that we need to put on the table. That person that came at one point in their life and they realize that Jesus Christ is real and that if I'm going to heaven, he is the only way to heaven. And if I want to go to heaven, he is the bridge, he is the door. And then they take that, that faith in him and receive his grace and then never allow the Holy Spirit, the presence of God, to begin to work in their lives in a way that they can be love on parade. So here, you know, we have these that just never think they're good enough. And then we have others thinking, well, I'll get it okay by the time I die, and, you know, he'll forgive me for all my sin. That's not what we're talking about today with perfection. We're talking about how it is that we can live so that the world can look at us and see that Jesus is real. How can I be a leader like Jesus? What, how, how would you answer that, Cindy? Well, I was looking through our notes, man, yeah, and you and I have talked about this. We don't before. have I don't have a, we don't we have have a outline. Yeah, we have a, uh, it's, okay, here's what I, here's how uh, I look at our program. Uh, when I get in the car to go to El Paso, I usually have a map of Texas. Now, it's going to take me about 10 hours, and I'm going to go halfway across Texas to get to El Paso. And I might or might not follow that map, but I have a general idea of where we're headed. Right. <laughs> this is kind of how we You know do. where the sun comes up over That's El Paso. That's right. This is kind of how we do this program, hoping that God will be generous with us mm-hmm. to make sense out of this. But... You have a scripture that you've used over the years, and if I've heard it once, I've heard it a thousand times, and it is the Christian bar of soap. And it is First John 1, 9. If we say we have no sin, we are fooling ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he will forgive our sins, because we can trust God to do what is right. Trust God. He will cleanse us from all the wrongs we have done, if we say we have not sinned, we make God a liar, and we do not accept God's teaching. So how do we live? We will never live without sin. We are imperfect. But Jesus has forgiven us of all our sins and cleanses us from wrong. But what do we And as a result of this, we live above criticism. And by that I mean we live above the condemnation of Satan. And we live our lives as best we can without reproach, such that those who see us, Mm -hmm. there will be always be those who misunderstand. Mm -hmm. But to the best of your ability, you live above reproach, above condemnation of the enemy. Mm -hmm. And we conduct our lives not to our glory, but to glorify Christ. And we live examples of what you call, Evelyn, the abundant or the Alleluia life, so that Jesus' followers do this. We show that God is at work in us. God is teaching us to live by faith. God has saved us for his purposes. God is calling us to walk our talk and calling us to walk our walk. Cindy, we would say to you today that um, if, if you do not understand this plan of salvation and plan of perfection that we've talked about, uh, go online uh, to Love Talk. Cindy, uh, you can give us our website or give us a call. We'd love to have some dialogue with you. 
That is lovetalknetwork.com. You can send us an email. And we pray that you will have a safe day out there on those rainy and slick roads. As we catch up on our rainfall, be blessed. And go out there and engage with the whoever, the perfect one. This has been Love Talk on the Word. Love Talk has been brought to you by The Word 99.3 and 98.5 in Austin, as well as Love Talk's partnering sponsors, Ellison Salazar, Casa Mechanical Services, Hill Country Landscape, Ray Gardner Triad Ministries, First Baptist Church Pflugerville, and The Good News Journal.